We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We have recovered from podcast four hundred. We're back to the the you know the lowly four hundred and one. Yeah, it's it's just it's you and I <laughs> sitting in the room. I don't know where all the people went. Four hundred yeah, was awesome. Though. Was, Thank you guys for, for sure, listening. For sure. Actually, for watching too, we had a good number of people on the live stream. Which would you say a thousand admit, people on the live stream? At, or at least like that? it was over a thousand. The yeah, last that time was I looked, awesome. Thank which you, which is cool. Thank uh, you. And I will admit, yes, we we set up everything obsessed with the audio which the, actually the audio sounded decent in spite of the fact it did we so that was that was audio that the audience could hear so mm-hmm. it was piped into the the theater there yeah. and then that was the same audio that was used for the recording yeah so but we didn't actually think to bring lights because we never do well, a podcast that. that anybody can see so we were quite dark but <laughs> thank you to those of us that watched the live stream yeah. and and the questions and what was funny is uh, this is going to sound weird and i'm going to sound really old when i say this i don't mean it to be this way but we had a computer that was pushed farther away from us than we normally would have a computer than any of you would normally have a computer so that it would actually get a a camera image of both of us right 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 but then that meant that the questions were like some sort of (laughs) eye reading test like way on the back wall like what does that say with the anyways but but there were great questions there were good questions in the um in from the audience uh we we talked about jay with his potential car debate and he is now looking at glas i didn't tell you that hey we're slinging hash we're selling cars we're moving the metal over here everybody there you go perfect we are moving cars i love it so yeah thank you again that was that was a lot of fun i i really liked that and it was great fun yeah clearly we'll have to do more live debates at some point but we'll yes as you said we'll bring lights and we'll bring you know a lot of a lot of stuff so a lot of firsts in spite of being podcast 400 there were a lot of firsts for us on that night and it was actually really fun and that reminds me actually hang on Mm. Uh, and i swear this now in the next probably two weeks at most it may be seven or ten days all of the info will be up for the Utah meetup. Oh, yes, yes. Thanks now, for bringing that Now, if you go up. to our website, yeah, everydaydriver.com, under the Adventures tab, the dates are already there. But we are setting up our whole itinerary. We're going to have that publicly. Also, that itinerary, depending upon what you go to, will have a little bit of a cost. Now, just to clarify... This is things we've learned from last year, which was incredibly fun. Things we've learned. Yeah, volume yeah, yeah. one for sure. So the things we've learned from last year is that we have different things that just cost us money to facilitate. So we are actually charging a, a registration fee. It will vary depending upon how much you're involved. Then it's totally piecemeal, uh, you know, a la carte. And if you do all of it, by the way, everything. If you go to everything, because, again, a lot of it is you're paying for your own dinners and that kind of stuff, even though we do have a catered dinner one night. If you do everything, it's going to be less than 75 bucks. So don't don't, don't think no, for a second. track day, though? No, 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 no. Not I'm including saying, track no, You have to pay for your track day and you have right, to pay right, for, right. for a couple of your meals. But I'm saying if you yeah. registrate, if, if reg, registrate, good Todd, if you register for everything, <laughs> Where do I what registrate? happens – and not over here. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> that's, for sure. that's not in this room. There's a different side down Terrible. the hall. Anyway, oh no, but yeah. So if you if you if you register, I'm going to stay with that for all of it. It's going to be less than seventy five bucks. All of that info is going to be up uh, very soon, and and everybody will do a different thing as far as what you come to and all that. It's going to be very fun. I'm excited, but I wanted you guys to know that that info. Here we are, like we're we're two thirds way through May. That's up mm-hmm, before June. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it out there. It's up before June. Yes. By the way, there are T-shirts available on the Amazon stores. So yes. You can find the link by going. Going to everydaydriver.com, and then as your cursor hovers over the pilgrimage adventures trip, you're going to merchandise, and there is still uh, available. We've got posters, uh, signed American original posters that we will sign for you, and uh, check those out. And then T-shirts. I'm not saying you have to have a spree decor when you show up at the Utah meet. You don't have to, but you know. 
Just saying. Maybe I you want to have an everyday driver shirt at the event. I'm actually wearing cool. out my daily triple shirt. I'm going to have to get another one. I'm wearing it so much. I'm wearing it out. So good that I can it's get another one. Yeah. Thin and nasty. It's, yeah, it's all bad. Now, it's, now it looks like I do lots of daily triples. Either that or I sleep in my T-shirt. I'm not sure which, which I'm like, actually putting out to the world. It's not yeah. like the daily triple itself is wearing on the shirt because you're no, in the car. It's not. When you're, yeah. It's not like it's wrapped up holding yeah. mechanicals together it, to make the but, hundred. But I, but I wear it like it's my only piece of clothing. So I really ought to get another one. Yeah, it's exactly. Funny. Yes, we should, we should have fresh shirts. All right. Uh, really interesting topic Tuesday about an article that you just came across across yeah. from an author, John Perley Huffman, on Car and Driver, and I it's thought a, this was excellent. Yeah, the opinion piece from him. John, John's been around a while. He's written yes, a he lot has. of stuff. He's written all over the place. Right now, well, he does a lot of writing for Car and he's Driver. He's brought up digital versus analog. He says the digitization of cars and discusses this. And John, you didn't realize that this would become a Topic Tuesday, which I love. Yeah. So this is our Topic Tuesday, and it's it's really about the question of the analog experience becoming more difficult to find mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. does that make it more expensive and is it making it more expensive and so there's a lot to unpack there and a yeah, lot for of sure, for sure. cool insight that he, he offers there and we've also got a car debate that does relate it does for to sure. the Topic Tuesday yeah, from that. Jim F. We don't know where Jim is located but he used to have a 1990 BMW 325i so he had a regular old E30. Yes he did. Talk about that's, analog. That's somebody's lemons car now, let's be honest. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible if, if, if thought. Jim, if Jim knew where that car was, oh. he would probably be horrified by the rattle can paint job and the amount of... Actually, he might be thrilled. The that's amount a of, weird of, thought. It probably is All somebody's lemons car. All of our, our prior car. cars in our lives now becoming well, lemons if, race cars. if they that's, were icons. That's weird. If it was an E33 series, well, it's probably a lemons car somewhere. Your Z car could have been a lemons car at some yes, point. Yes, it could. It could, yeah, that's for sure. weird anyway. thought. All right, so he, he wants to know, now that he's come into a little bit of money without mm-hmm. any budget, yeah. what does he get to replace that for the future? That's a good so. chase. And, of course, tons and tons of great questions. I've got, actually, questions that reference questions. You, <laughs> so you, many you, questions. You guys, yes. are, you guys are awesome. So there's yeah, lots of good questions coming excellent. up. So we're going to get excellent. into all of that. But, but back to the topic Tuesday, rewinding the topic Tuesday. Here's kind of the headline. John Perley Huffman writing an opinion piece, Car and Driver. I found it. I thought it was great. Paul and I started talking about it, and we realized, wait, 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 we shouldn't talk about it now. We should talk about it Save as a topic it. Tuesday. Save it for the podcast, for sure. Which, which brings me to a side note, by the way. You and I are starting to throw down random things. Like my definition of sports cars and, and other yes, things that are happening. which people are challenging, by the way. Well, yeah. I'm, people are challenging the way you take care of your cars, too. But anyway, well, yeah, I'm just saying are. that. I got but, body slammed. Yeah, of course. It's awesome. going to keep happening. But, but here's, <laughs> here's the thing I want to say is thank you guys for being with us. Thank you guys yeah, for asking yeah. these questions. And ultimately, yes, we have the microphones, but we're listening to you guys too. And the Discord uh, whole discussion has exploded on discussion about <laughs> amazing, the yeah. things you and I yeah. say. It's amazing to dig into that and to see it there. But we are not – by the way, we're not setting rules here. I do want to state that. <laughs> okay. we're, we're stating our okay. experience because at this point we've had a lot of it. We're stating our experience, the things that we believe or know or feel. But there's a lot of room for opinion here. We're not putting down laws in the car world. Not by okay? no stretch. So, and there, there might be a little bit of adjustment of, of the perception of – how much I take care of my cars, and I mean, we 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 sometimes push it for the sake of of not oh, polarity. I don't, but I don't we, think we, there's much of a push. Well, I've seen how your see, cars look compared to how my see, cars. There look. you go again. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's I, a I'm thing. Get body slammed once again. That's here. a thing. They're, they're in far <laughs> far better shape than the average person. Well, anyway, right. certified Paul we'll, owned we'll is there. is a thing. But it is. But my, we'll get there. That doesn't my mean they don't is, get dirty though. They do get dirty. No, nobody's saying that. Filthy. Nobody's saying that. I don't know that filthy's ever been defined to one of your cars, but that's a side thing. My definition of. 
Yeah, yeah. The right. only, honestly, the only filthy car I've ever seen you worked on was the day that you and I borrowed somebody else's Raptor and we brought it back covered in mud that was more like paint than yeah, mud. That is the only muck. time I have seen you, Paul Schmucker, deal with a car that I would define as genuinely filthy. Okay. It's the only time those two worlds have collided. Oh. And you, of course, brought out the power washer, which is the only way that thing was going to get clean, <laughs> yeah. and it left sparkling. So, yeah, there the was all that. The condition still has pine needles falling out from weird nooks and crannies but and this crevices. Is, but and this it, is not your under, fault. No, it's this not. This is because somebody other than you had it sitting somewhere for years, like, and now you are finally extricating. <laughs> I'll lift that rubber gasket up to clean... Whoa, there's a rat's nest under there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so but but the thing I like about this is you guys are so engaged with us and you, mm-hmm. and you are you're asking us questions, you're poking fun at the answers, you're you're giving us counterpoints. I, I just want you to know that we love all of that. Yeah. We yeah. are not by any way writing laws over here, uh, nor are we claiming to always be right, but we love the conversation. So let's dive in on this. All right. Well, John has written this article from the perspective of Obviously cars, but he mentions a few things in here as good examples out in the world of the analog experience Mm -hmm. that everybody seems to be searching for. And I do want to take it one step further, and I'll get there in a moment. But he starts with Alois Roof. So Roof Mm -hmm. Porsches, they're not actually Porsches, but if I say Roof... You know, hopefully yeah, yeah, you understand sure. that these are the body and white shipped to Alois Roof and the company, and they remake them into one million dollar amazing masterpieces with coilover suspension and remote reservoirs and well. And most people, stuff. most car enthusiasts, have at some point heard about the Roof Yellowbird, which was the yes. what was it, the nineties, eighty seven? Okay, yeah, all right. So the yep. late eighties. Crazy 911, and you've probably seen that ridiculous ring video at some point of that mm-hmm. car being hooned mm-hmm. around the ring. So that that's where Roof comes from. RUF, yes. All right. So the point of the article here is about the evangelization of manual transmissions, which many automotive journalists do. We mm-hmm. all do this. And yeah. we've been talking about it, and you guys have been asking us questions about it. And, you know, you bring bring it up a lot. When, when there's a debate about a four-door manual sedan... Yeah, where are the those list going? gets harder and harder. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so the point to John's article here is about the the rare experiences that we love. And I do mm-hmm. want to have the discussion about steering racks. Okay, agreed. But these analog things that we keep experiencing in various cars, mm-hmm. the more cars that you and I drive, yeah, the, the yeah. further we go back in time, or just the, the varied cars that we drive, Completely, we like yeah. particular things about a car. Mm-hmm. The way it handles, the way it sits, the way it it holds itself, you know, the attitude, the all, all those kinds of things. The, the brake feeling mm-hmm. and all those things yeah. adding up to a particular visceral experience. Yeah, agreed. And that's what we're searching for in anything. I mean, we don't we don't love except for the expedition, but we don't love the sit back and, <laughs> you know, drool out of your mouth hey, and, unless you're on a big road trip with gear. And there family. are times and for that. There are. I have to admit there are times for that. But the point of comparisons is to find the visceral experience that we love out of a particular car and then a particular platform. So four-door sedans or hot hatches Uh, or sports cars or whatever that is. What's the fun seven-seater? Yeah, exactly. And John is bringing up this point about, well, you know, this, this is directly having to do with the kind of components that made up cars Mm -hmm. from – Pick a decade, pick a year. The yeah. thing that we love most about the '60s Mustangs, or the '80s Porsches, or the mm-hmm. '90s, you know, Acura and Honda products, or whatever that is, and, yeah. and saying because these are now becoming more rare for mm-hmm. a number of reasons: yeah. manufacturing purposes, uh, cost-cutting measures, the future of electric vehicles, and the way the platforms yeah. Yeah. are now 
now being built. I mean, Tesla's a good example of wanting to just put a car together in seven modules. Sure. Instead yeah. of just yeah, yeah. lots of parts, where back mm -hmm. in the 60s, Carroll Shelby was, you know, cutting tie rods and threading this and putting that ball joint on, and then you would feel that mechanical interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cable linkages, all those kinds of things, and that equates to a particular feeling about mm -hmm. a car. Which is fascinating. So does that mean these lovely experiences, because they are in our rearview mirror in some way? Sure, sure, sure. We are searching for them in new cars, but does that mean these cool old experiences are expensive and tough to attain in new cars? Yes, it, it is true. That is the case. And the other thing he goes to here is he essentially says, will analog feeling cars become a luxury item that's kind of his headline here that's an astounding thought because actually. it's interesting because his point the point he's making here is twofold i see where you're going you have the older cars and look at what happens to them at auction you know the older cars that are iconic yeah and by the way i'm going to stop you for a second astounding. they're iconic by hype not necessarily by actual driving most of the time, okay. I think okay. the cars that sell for ridiculous amounts of money are selling because it rolls onto the stage and it is a it is hype embodied with four wheels. And if you if you mm. were able, mm. and, and I realize we're not, and most of us listening are not also the person bidding on that. If you were if you were a person that was able to objectively go, does this drive thirty million dollars? You'd probably say. No, it doesn't. Ferrari GTOs. Does this drive like a seventy million? What drives like seventy totally. million dollars? Totally. You know, but if if uh, you if you wow. pay if you pay two hundred thousand dollars for a Buick Grand National, oh, cool, cool. Don't get me wrong, cool car. But objectively speaking, take two hundred thousand dollars and I go shopping. The Buick doesn't even make the list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah. but it's a hype machine. The two hundred thousand dollar, one hundred fifty, whatever you want to say, uh, fourth gen Supra. Mm. I suspect now mm. that the new Supras dropped, those are going to go up again. But do you? I think they're going to go up again. I think they're going to really? go up again. I think they're I, I think they're headed that way. But Is this I the come back to effect now translating to it's the it's the nine eleven uh, air cooled effect translating to nineties nineties Japanese cars. cars. Absolutely, I think Sheesh. that's going to happen. But. The, the fact that the new one's out and everybody's com complaining that it's not the fourth gen, because of course it's not the fourth gen. But anyway, I, I think those hype machines just transcend all of this. So there's that level of what, of what John's writing about here and mm -hmm, what we're talking mm -hmm. about. But then there's the other level, and that is, will auto manufacturers, and I think the answer here is yes, will they going forward make, you and I have talked about this, analog cars for, I, I don't know another way to put this, the discerning enthusiast. The person that wants an analog feeling car, but because oh, you oh. want either manual or hydraulic steering, you want a manual gearbox, you want uh, fewer safety features, and you want to feel the car more. And so, therefore, <laughs> therefore, your analog car is a luxury item in price. And the only people that are buying, quote unquote, new, you can't see my air quotes, analog cars are guys that can afford the price premium to get into a new analog car because. All of the Camrys of 2050 are semi-autonomous, and they just work, mm. and they're 30 grand. Hmm. Analog is now premium. Yes. Well, I mean, this That's is the, astounding to me. This is the world of the record player. Vinyl. This is the, the world of the vinyl. Warm right sound now. to audio files. You all know that vinyl equals the warmest, most most there i am most next to the concert stage yeah. or in the in the concert hall or or whatever if you're listening to vinyl but if you listen to vinyl 
cracks and pops and static and stuff that in the digital world gets removed. Yeah, it's all part But of yet it. there is something very pleasing about enjoying that. Hmm. I'm going I'm to equate it to you, and I'm not even in this camp. I'm going to equate it to watches. I mean, that's, I what, that's what John does in the article here. Just he equated does. something to watches. <laughs> well done. I'm really proud of I, you. I don't care about something <laughs> with hands on the face. I don't care. But if you do... I don't care what digital watch comes out and what amazing feature it does. You will always want to look at your wrist and see hands and know that gears are doing that. Why, in 2019, does anybody... I'm asking objectively here, and I'm also not a watch guy, but I'm asking objectively, why does anybody have a watch on their wrist that runs with gear technology? Why does that exist? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's, there's, objectively, there's no reason for it to exist, and yet it lingers. Well, there's uh, an entire list of things that now shouldn't exist because we are in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, you started at automatic watches. They are classic. They will be handed down mm-hmm. to new generations. Why is pour over coffee a thing? You pour <laughs> hot water over coffee. Didn't we have, like, drip coffee makers in the 80s? Like, didn't... <laughs> we had Mr. Coffee. Okay, right? yeah. You all right. buy yeah. Sanka and you put it in the thing. Then it and... became Mr. Fusion on the back of the Yeah, it did. Of anyway, yeah. I mean, how about clothing? There's a, a classic wardrobe that every man should have, from suits to classic pants and dress shirts. And are just I missed this class, but I know it exists. I know you, it you exists. You know what I'm talking I st- about, I still though. miss this class, yeah. How about a straight razor shave? Why do we ever need straight razors ever again? And Safety razors are fine. They work fine. You they, bring that up. Great. Actually, that's 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 a great analog because – sorry, analog meaning a reference to something we're talking about. Not, not confusing things. That's a great reference, and here's why. <laughs> there there are whole businesses that you can go in and you can pay good money to get an excellent straight razor shave. Yeah. You could have you could have just gotten up this morning and grabbed your disposable razor and shaved yourself. Yeah. Not spent extra spent what? What do those razors cost? Thirty cents if you if yeah. you buy the cheap ones. You see what I'm saying? You and could spend not much a whole money. Lot less anxiety about getting totally. nicked in the jugular too. <laughs> totally. Because that is a possibility. You, you know here. that when you walk into the bathroom, you're going to walk out alive. <laughs> when you walk into your own bathroom and you pick a razor up off the counter, get a straight razor shaved. Death yeah. is imminent. But you but you can pay money and it is and that is an absolute luxury item. Mm-hmm. You're doing it for the experience. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great one. I like that one a lot. I mean, this even translates to food. With yeah. the entire build your burger craze, it's it's a hamburger. I'm about hamburgers like you are about watches. It's a hamburger. Yeah, whereas I like burgers. Hamburger, but take point, yeah. come on. And everybody has turned the hamburger into this new thing where you build it and you craft it. And it's, it's, a, a, it's a platform. It's suddenly gourmet. It's a hamburger. It's a platform for you to express yourself, Paul. No, it's not. <laughs> Give me a break. Express yourself with your burger. Holly. <laughs> Come on in. I mean Pick your pick your protein is where I love that. When it starts with pick your protein. And one of the proteins is the veggie burger that's not protein at all. That's the one that really makes you had me a laugh. Crafted experience. Yeah. No, I didn't. I had a hamburger and fries. The end. <laughs> Stop it. This is America. We had a burger. Move on. I mean, this translates to all the all categories in I mean, name furniture, music mm-hmm. of of classic standards that are always uh heartwarming and always evoke a particular feeling to come okay. back to. Okay, yeah. This even happens in literature too. All right. I mean, we point back to, you know, Call of the Wild or, you know, Ernest Hemingway stuff yeah. or yeah. you know what I mean? There's there's always stuff to point back to as a that gave me a particular feeling that everything in the new is now searching for Interesting. and striving yeah. towards. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I'm going to make a prediction, and that is along the lines of car manufacturers chasing or, or now making analog a premium thing, mm-hmm. which means it's actually all the old crap we had in the back of the shop and we're now screwing it together. And this is, we're charging more for it now. Of course, yeah. How about car manufacturers chasing with new technology, chasing that old feel? Particularly While using new tech. Steering racks. Take an electric steering rack, make it feel like an old-style hydraulic rack. Interesting exactly idea. right. Yeah. And, and that feeling of the precision and the feel, the road feel coming back. Yeah, that's back. the hard part is the road feel, yeah. I mean, the Honda S2000 is a great example. And yeah. it's been around for a while, yeah. long enough to say, all right, we've, we've achieved this. We can yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. How about moving forward in the future for sedans? You and I drove three sedans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is performance sedans for everyone. Yeah, we drove the yep. new Genesis G70, mm-hmm. the new eighth generation G20 BMW 3 Series, yep. and the Alfa Romeo Giulia At, in the base form. Yeah, exactly. so yeah. all of those, and we're searching for this very thing. But I want to take it further. Okay, and I want to take it to the concept of the Gunther Works 993, uh-huh. the remanufactured sure. out of carbon sure, sure. fiber, the Eagle E Type. Yeah, Singer 911s, Icon 4x4s. You're proving the luxury premium. This this is now a business to mm-hmm. take the old stuff, remanufacture it out of new materials, yes, yes. make it more exquisite and well-built than it ever hoped yes, to be out of the yes. original factory, and now sell it at a premium. This is where we've gone with this. And, but in all of those cases, what you're doing is you are actually staying analog. You're just producing analog right now. Yeah, you're not uh, unlike yeah. your electric steering rack example, which I actually like, and I wish they would do that. Unlike that, in the in the scenario of those super customs, I'm going to call them. In those builds, they are actually just going. How did they build it then? Let's build one now with our current tech that way. So they stay analog. They stay the world's greatest air-cooled engine, but now it's got 600 horsepower, whatever. <laughs> exactly. You know, your Eagle E-Type, by exactly. the way, the electrics work, and it has good brakes. That's quite interesting. You paid a premium. You paid a ridiculous amount. This is also back to, and John talks about it, but I, but I thought about this too. I'm going to give three examples, three weird examples. Horses. Mm-hmm. Hiking. Biking. Okay. All of these, at some point in history, were forms of transit. Legitimate forms of... This is how you got places. around, yeah. You walked, yeah. you rode a horse, or you rode a bike. Yeah. Now, with the exception... I Look, I know Amsterdam exists. I, I know that this is in India and China and lots of places where the bike is more important than the car. I get that. But in right. general, my point here is all three of those, certainly in the U.S., are now hobbies. They were forms of transit, and now they're hobbies. I'd like to go for a hike. <laughs> Camping almost falls in this category. You used to live outdoors in, in, in a yeah. little lean-to shed, and now you're like, let's go do that and, for fun this and weekend. Earth Roamer has made it very analog that's all, and no, they inaccessible. Haven't. That's that's not analog at all. But, well, but my point here is... You're outdoors, and you... You, you used to, to have to... the stakes own, on the top of the mountain, I guess. Funny. You used to have to own a horse if you wanted to get anywhere of distance, but now you own a horse for fun. Mm. You go hiking for fun. I, I will yeah. say this as a guy that likes to bike. Okay, I, I, I own a bike that I can't believe I spent as much money as I did because it actually had a comma in it. Yeah. I have a bike Astounding. that I go ride, and it is sometimes the highlight of my week. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and and I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm, I'm literally You're riding in a circle. Same point where I'm you literally started riding in a circle. Okay. <laughs> we were just here. So it's, it's, become, it's become a <laughs> hobby. But I think, I think there is – those of us that love manual transmissions, and I absolutely am in that category. I am uh, – side note, I am missing having a manual when I'm in the Lancer. Do you? 
Yeah. The the yeah. dual clutch is an interesting experience. I, look, I'll probably have the answer for a bit, but there's this this part of me, and it's not a smart part of me, by the way. It's 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 a it's a quite stupid, <laughs> big hole to put money in. Part of me that yeah. thinks if that transmission ever does go, would I put a manual in it? Oh, instead of repairing it? Yeah. Oh, man. But, of course, you know, let's just make the, the entire dash a bunch of Christmas tree lights. But On the uh, other hand, you'd have the world's only Lancer Rally Art manual. Lancer Rally Art Sportback manual. Yeah, that car. would make it worth at least $1,000 more than you Maybe, otherwise yeah, sell exactly. it for, right? I'd, I'd spend six grand doing the conversion, but totally. I'd gain, gain at least $1,000 in value. That's <laughs> good math. That's Maybe 800 bucks. That's, that's project car math <laughs> that right there. Project, that's what that is. That is but, for sure. That. But anyway, but, but yeah. I love the manual transmission. I absolutely love it, and I, and I wish I had more of them in my life. Yeah, but I am fully aware of the fact that if you are commuting every day, you're awfully glad to have the automatic. I think here's the dividing line. Here's where I'm going on all of these: the horses, the manuals, all of this. As as humans, okay. I know this is a broad stroke, but, but I, as humans, I as mean, as humans, we, we could go anywhere after as that. As technology sentence. goes forward, the the common pattern is we're trying to be more comfortable. We're trying to do less. Comfort and convenience, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We want our time back, and we don't have to lift a finger. Which are in itself luxuries. Space and time Absolutely. are luxuries. Absolutely. So what's interesting is the places in society where people, for whatever reason, and these are why we call them hobbies, peel off to say, no, 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 no. I don't want that to be easy. I want to uh-huh. go on a hike. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know I could drive there. I want to hike there. Yeah. I, I, I know I could get there in a car faster. I'd like to ride a horse. I know this will shift for for me. Uh-huh. In tenths of a second, but let me move the gears. Objectively, and I, again, I say this as the guy, I wish I was wearing a Save the Manual shirt because I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no point in the modern time, just like the, the analog watch, there is no point for us to actually have to reach a hand down to tell the car to be in another gear. That's unnecessary. Yeah. As far as I'm talking about requirement here. And gear technology, levers are now unnecessary. Technology has moved past it, yeah. but yet I am in love with doing it. And so this is what happens as we get, quote, unquote, more convenient. This is the whole autonomous car discussion, too. I just get into a pod that drives for me. I'd like to drive myself. Am I going to be more stressed driving myself? I am, actually. But I'd much rather do it. Look, you have heard me say that I hope, I don't think, I hope car companies would build all the autonomous, cool tech stuff way out here, the i23, whatever BMW is going to build, and a manual transmission, six-cylinder, no electronic nannies, yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah. Cooper convertible, just stripped out, yeah. lightweight. If they want to make it out of some carbon fiber bits and some cool tech, great, and it sure, lightens it sure, up sure, and yeah, it's yeah. stronger and blah, sure. Yeah. But these are the divides. The problem is, after reading articles like we have about the Toyota 86 and how few manual transmissions Toyota actually sells mm-hmm. of any car, the 86, the Corolla, and yet they yeah. brought it back. But Yet consumers have not demanded them enough because that feeling is equated with the old feeling. And now we all as enthusiasts are longing for it and willing to pay a premium and it's going away. And Toyota is still trying to make a business case here for it. But look up all the articles. Just just fine. Just search for Toyota and manual transmission sales. And there's a number of articles that came out just recently about how few, really, manual transmissions are being sold it's of sad. any car company. It's genuinely sad. But then when you start to think yeah. about the financials of it, you see why they all stopped making them. 
because not enough people are buying them, and that makes them more rare. And it mm-hmm. means they look the whole the yeah. whole thing is it's self perpetuating. Yeah, it makes them more rare, <laughs> which means when they are sold used, a, a manual eighty six goes for more than an automatic eighty six. Right now, it does. By the way, used. Unbelievable. The manuals are worth more because those of us that want the manual experience are chasing the manuals. If you just want, I'd like a cute little car to commute in. You're buying the automatic. If that's your headspace. But if I want a, a fun sports car to drive, you're hopefully chasing the manual. And so that almost always increases the value of those. That was true of the Saab 92X. Well, yeah. That yeah. I had, for God's sakes. And that was also because the automatic on that was remarkably average. But, but the, the manual transmissions of those, those cars aren't that expensive. But the manual transmissions were like $1,500, $2,000 more for a car that was worth less than ten grand. Unbelievable. Well, we've talked about this very thing. If you haven't seen our Corvette film that came out, it's called American Original. And at the very start of the film, we talked about a little bit of Corvette history, mm-hmm. which included the two-speed manual on the 53 and 54 cars. and Two-speed auto. Uh, two-speed auto, excuse yeah. me. And well, the by the way, two-speed auto, there's an equal well, sign to terrible. Well, <laughs> the reason GM put that on that car is because manual transmission then in the early 50s mm, was considered mm-hmm. Old technology, and they did not want to be seen as having old tech on their new sports car. They wanted it to look latest In and the greatest. Fifties. Yes, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it yeah. started then. This is not a recent yeah. kind of it's thing. A great point. This a great is point. when it started. That is probably um, right about the decade or part of the decade where all this has now proliferated towards yeah. getting rid of manuals, even though manuals have existed for a long time. But that's probably when it started. But hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay right there for a second. We do have a big discussion of this in American Original. I'm glad you went there. But the the interesting part of it that comes out of it is those very first year or two Corvettes mm-hmm. had a little more trouble selling than they thought they would because their target <laughs> yeah. market was American GIs. Right. Military right. guys that were coming back from England having having essentially finally been pulled out of out of the European theater post World War Two. Yeah, okay? right, right. Those guys were the target audience to try to buy a car kind of like the old MGs and the fun little sportsters that were in England, all of which had manuals. Were and so they were walking England. in and, wanting, and, and eyeing these Corvettes. They could afford the Corvettes, but it doesn't come in a manual and it doesn't have a V8. So uh-huh. it's like doesn't have the best of America with the V8 and it doesn't have a manual, which is the best of what the English sports cars did. And they kind of went, that's really weird. And they sold fewer <laughs> than they expected, so they ended up having to put, again, this is the 50s. Yeah. They had to put a manual in it. Astounding. There's going to... We, we, we strange people all listening to this podcast, thank you for joining us, are the people that are going to maintain this. Yeah. And, but I, do, I think John has hit on something with this article. We'll post a link to it when we post this podcast. I think he's hit on something with this article. I think this luxury feel, far more so than just the icons and the eagles and those builds, I think it is going to become analog if you want to chase that. It's like chasing vinyl. So the you question are going is, to pay extra to do that. Are we all okay with paying extra to be able to just have them on the market with the hope and aspiration of buying them used one day? Imagine yeah, a BMW yeah. 15, 20 years from now that still has a manual, but it is more expensive than, say, a 750. And now BMW is making... Ouch. I, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm I playing around no, here. I hear you. I'm I speculating, yeah. obviously. But what about those cars? And then we aspire, okay, well, it's still a BMW and they still have the manual. And I'm, yeah. ooh, if only I can aspire to that. And we're will- are we willing to pay for that? I, I think... 
here's the thing. It, it's going to move, and we've talked about it before, it's going to move into that hobby area. What you and I love mm-hmm. about cars is going to be like talking about horses in 25 years. I mean, I really do think that. It's, it's going to be much more like a hobby. think? Maybe 50. But that's, it, it, I think we will be alive when it's, when it's a do thing you? where it's more hobby. than. It, and I'm talking about, look, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a point on it. My Lotus Elise mm-hmm. is going to be like talking about I own a horse, I think, in my lifetime. Huh. A, I mean, look, you, look at you own a horse for no other reason than owning a horse exactly, for the exactly. purpose of riding it. And I own a whatever. tiny, difficult to get into, uh, hot, doesn't have a great air conditioner. The crumple zone is your ankles. Analog, mm. uh, small four cylinder, weighs less than two, weighs two thousand pounds. And by the way, there is no steering assist of any kind. And I own it for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite possible. I think we are headed there, but I think that's that's the shift of culture toward this is again, we all want to be comfortable and not lift a finger. And so I want my autonomous pod that's going to be essentially squirted out of a dispenser. <laughs> I, that's seriously. nasty. Well, but I'm, seriously, it's just going to be exactly how cars are made. I know, but stay really with it's me. Only toothpaste don't you, that don't is you see made the like point? That. Don't and, you see the point though? And tomato paste. I know I've offended your tube. designer sensibilities, but yeah. my point here is it's just we can mass produce them. Chunk, chunk, we're mass in the Tom them. Cruise War of the Worlds movie where it just squirts out. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> I know you I can't, can't get even there. Do it. But you see my That's point. Disgusting. That's going to be the way that we're getting around places. I think maybe it might be a hundred years, but this is this is where it's moving. <laughs> and and those of us hey, that want the, the fully analog, analog thing are going to have to chase it, and that will be simultaneously a, a combination of our time and effort combined with I hate to say it, cash. Well, therefore, let me leave you with a list of all the cars. That we love that need to be singerized and therefore still around in this future. Singer's we're talking now a about. verb. I like it. Okay. Absolutely. And I'm a list kind of a guy. So okay. Yes, you are. Dotson 280Z. And, okay. And then, I mean, imagine nickel plated trim and titanium. Aircraft grade, whatever. Carbon, yeah. everything. Uh-huh. Mustangs, Corvettes of all years. Corvettes, probably the first three generations, I'll say. Yeah. What would it? Hey, that. Hang on. I'm gonna stop for a second. Well, <laughs> what's a what's an icon version of a split window '63 vet like? Dude. Besides awesome. I mean, there are yeah. one offs at hot rod shows and builds. There have been one offs, but how about the low production? Like Guntaworks is making yeah. 25 of their 993s yeah. on their website. It says it starts at five hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Well, before you sense. do anything, bring us a '63 split window, and we will turn it into Can you an icon that? style. I see it. Yeah, they for have sure. actually talked about the E30 M3 and even teased it on their Instagram. Okay. Yeah. They, they yeah, just yeah, made a Photoshop version of it. Yeah, and, of course they did. Yeah. Uh, okay, but how about BMW 2002s? Bring yeah. those back with yeah. the hot engine. I think the E30 is on that list for the sure. The E30 has to yeah. be on the list. A variety of Astons and Jags. I mean, the Eagle E-Type already is kind of doing it. It does, yeah. How about like a 74 Alfa Romeo GTV? Kind of a cool, sure. fun yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Porsche 914s. Got to be on there. Maybe. All right. Mercedes Benzes, like the SLs of the 80s yeah. and older, yeah, and the 220s from the 50s. Old low tie, certainly. Yeah. Mini Coopers, International Scouts. Sorry, I'm stuck on Lotus. I know you're shocked. I've been watching the old Bond films with my son. And <laughs> yeah, we you're watched, still in your Bond phase. We watched Spy Who Loved Me, which is the white uh, esprit <laughs> that goes underwater. Oh and then uh, For Your Eyes Only is the red, the next slightly revised That's red Lotus right. esprit with winter tires on it, a ski rack on the back, which I think might be part of the reason I'm as weird as I am, is having that image burned into my head as a kid. So, But hang on, that era of Lotus esprit, the full yeah. doorstop Lotus esprit, yeah. done like a singer. Oh, 
By the way, Elon has the one of the movie uh, props. You, you've heard this, I he and does, I, yes. I was in the studio at one point, and I saw it, and it's full of copper tubing like your water heater kind of tubing. On the inside, it's, it's very janky. And, of course and it just is. Weird, it's a movie welded prop. up and yeah, yeah, soldered, all this yeah. stuff. It's very funny. And but I'm just imagining that era of a spree. Oh, done that would be like an icon style oh. build with all modern stuff that you get all that's the best of all worlds that's awesome there i love that okay i'll uh, land on three more audi quattros okay all volkswagen buses that's already <laughs> happening how would you like your volkswagen bus redone exactly there's People a shop for, there's a shop for that yeah and then the the last one i think for all us enthusiasts okay a focus or ford escort rs cosworth I see where you done went. Done like that. Interesting. Kaboom. Okay. That would be The one awesome. with the big double wing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That That's one. funny. Okay. That one. All right. This is this is cool. Look, <laughs> but but I think I think this is the crux of where we are as enthusiasts right here. I think yeah. this is yeah. where the the crossroads is happening where we're starting to have discussions about how do I get that old stuff but I want it built now. Mhm. And manufacturers, as much as I hate it, but it's a reality, manufacturers are going to build the thing they can do volume of. And when they do low-volume stuff, it's kind of shocking. Chapter 2, Vintage Watches. Creek. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, we're really taking a break now. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll be back. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into Auto Tempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with Auto Tempest. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want. So if we give you drive homework, or you're chasing your dream car, or you're just looking to feed the disease, autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. We're back with a car debate for Jim that directly relates to where we were because Jim kind of cool used to own a fully analog car. He had a 1990 BMW 325i, so that is an E30, but not an M3. Now, when I was in high school, a friend of mine, yes, I had that friend, had one of those. All the cute rich girls at my high school drove those. Yeah. So, and, and it was look as a guy that knew nothing about cars at the time, I recognized how special it was to drive. Mm -hmm. I drove it a couple times. One of the yeah. times I drove it, I drove it hard, and the um, Fuel injectors needed to be cleaned, and so it went into limp mode while I was driving it. Ooh. My friend was quite angry, Ooh. and to my uh, he he thought I'd broken his car, and of course I thought I'd broken his car, and Yeesh. I was his poor friend, <laughs> so I thought this is going to end so, so badly. Here's your car. Seriously, back. I, I I was driving it with him. 
It just it started to freak out and lose its mind while I was in the driver's seat. Or was that more and of a, sorry, dude, I don't know what's wrong with your car. Here's your key. I, I don't know what. <laughs> we were together. He thought I'd broken his car. To his dad's credit, his dad went and you know turned it into the mechanic and was like, this wasn't Todd's doing. This is the Good. fuel injector is getting Whew. clogged. This happens. It's a maintenance item. We're going to get it fixed. It's not Todd's fault. Whew. I mean, he was my, my, my friend, now it's quotes, was fully ready to throw me under the bus. And I felt very responsible because I didn't know any better. It was like, I was driving it and all of a sudden it's not running. And what, the, you know, yeah, anyway. Wow. But this is one of those. Wow. And the point here, I'm bringing it back to Jim. The point here is Jim had this car. And at some point he realized, okay, his wife says, look, we need this car, which he'd had for 20 years as the do it all, everything, loved it. Awesome. We need to replace it with a car that is more modern that they can give to their eldest daughter. Right, right. So he bought. A 2009 Mazda 3, which was perfect for that usage, <laughs> but he's always missed the BMW. Well, he said his oldest is off to school, and by that, I think we mean college, mm-hmm. and he has now come into a little money. We don't know how much money, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll not blow out the budget completely, <clears throat> com- completely, and... Um, He's looking There'll for be this a range. replacement. There'll be a range, yeah. It will be. He's looking for this replacement, and he said that he's watched enough of our content to calibrate our car judgment. <laughs> and now he's <laughs> These guys have no idea, but let's see how far <laughs> off the base they get. Yeah, Boom. Be Sorry about your budget, yeah. dude. Anyway, so what modern car would be a good replacement for this old E30? Mm. He suspects that nothing actually will because that era is behind us, That's as we're we talking about. just yeah. identified. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. what is the 21st century equivalent? What is the modern, yeah. even though... Yeah. In car world, that that 1990 BMW is still kind of a modern car. I mean, if we look at it stretched out from 1895. Yes. Well, like, yeah, if we're going you know, all the way back. But, but, but still. But it's, but it's right at the beginning. It's right at the cusp of the things we talked about with the airbags and the safety things and that kind of stuff. All the stuff yeah. that has made cars heavier and more numb. Sweet. It's at the very beginning. Yeah, it's at the very beginning of it. Yeah. All right. So the spending a little money list is uh, I'm starting out ascending order towards okay. – Madness. You know, the the full on toward madness. Got yes, it. Yeah. Yes. Starting out with a BMW M2. They're used. Okay. Kind of fun. Yeah. Back to BMW. And the next car is the 2020 Toyota Supra. I am really you're am going there, Jim. Putting it on my list. Wow. Okay. All right. Go drive one. Okay. When uh, when they're available, I believe it was July 22 when they're in dealerships, I think. And, you know, who knows if it's going to be markup and, sorry, you got to sign here if you're even going to, you know, they might not let you drive it. Who knows? I fully expect we're going to have not only we'll see. dealer markups, but also no test drives. I think both are going to happen, which is, I, both are wrong, by the way. I'm putting it bummer. out there wrong. Yeah. If we are making laws, that's one of my laws. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no markup wrong. and no yeah. non-test drive. Exactly. Anyway. Availability. All right. Got to got to mention Caymans, and depending on your budget, nine eight one Cayman. I mean Cayman or Cayman S. Okay. But then sitting above that would be the prior generation Cayman R. Now I think it's more analog. Yeah, now for these sure. are still fifty to sixty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, depending on mileage and condition and all that stuff. It's been tracked or modified. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. So it kind of depends. But they, I have seen them as low as fifty five, somewhere in there. Even fifty is tough. Yeah. But how much money are we talking about? And the Cayman R would be a hoot. <laughs> Moving on. You heard it here first. Cayman R equals hoot. It, they are. All right. So four more here. Alpha 4C, worth a drive. Alpha, that's a good one. Worth I don't a, have that on the list. That's a good worth one. A Alpha 4C drive. is worth a drive for sure. Yeah. If you really want to treat yourself, Jim, how about a BMW 1M? Mm-hmm. Again. Moving on into the money zone. Yeah, you're the spending 60, zone. 70, yeah. yeah. Now, 
yeah, it again depends on where you can find one and, and your mileage. Enthusiast Auto always has the best, but they're blindingly expensive. Yeah. By the way, they, Mark have, a, up. they yeah. have a 1990 Uh-oh. Z1 with the really with the fold down the doors, fold down the retractable the doors down into, into the, the sills, the pan. Yeah. into the rocker. Yeah. It's ninety nine thousand dollars. It has low miles. It's a cool color of green. They're super rare. Yeah. Manual, analog. You will you will not see yourself coming and going in this Ever. car. Yeah, I don't even think they officially sold them here, but you can get them now. Yeah. I, I want this car, mm-hmm. but not for $100,000. I've never... You'd go somewhere else. Yeah. I hope in my life to be able to spend $100,000 on a car. Yeah, I, I hear you. I can't now. I yeah. don't know when that'll be, but... If I'm spending $100,000, it's not going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we were That's saying That's after before. my yeah. garage is full of the other 15 to 20 cars. I've checked the boxes. Yeah. And then, huh, I've got, a, I've got some extra money. I'm all vacationed out, and I've got three houses. Huh, $100,000 <laughs> all won. those garages. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe That's I funny. Toodle to the store in that thing or something. With the doors down. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then 911 and leases are definitely on the list. Okay. So I like it. Rounding everything out. But, Jim, whatever you do, buy. I I want to hear cackling. I agree. I agree. You need to. I mean, send us a recording of you in the car, whatever mm-hmm. you buy, and I I don't know, but I want to hear hoots and hollers. That's funny, and lots of enjoyment for whatever you do get. Jim, I, I like this question. I want to touch on a couple quick things, and I have my own list. Some of mine are similar to Paul's, but a lot of them aren't. One of the things you said here is you said you never connected with the Mazda three, and you miss that feeling. I, I'm going to go on a side note real quick. I don't think it has anything to do with Mazda. I think it has to do with going from analog feeling old school rear wheel drive to modern front wheel drive. Uh, yeah, I think that's where uh, yeah, most of so. this probably is lost. So. Yeah. so the main place I want to take you is back to rear wheel drive. The second place I want to take you is ideally away from electronic power steering. There are exceptions. I've got a couple of exceptions mm-hmm. on my list, but generally I'm going rear wheel drive and hydraulic power steering. Does that necessarily mean older? Unfortunately, yes, it does at this point. Mm, I was Unfortunately, it does. Okay. But, but you're a BMW guy, so I thought, all right, you're, you're longing for that old BMW. You're going for a modern version. I have three on my list real quick. Look at the same generation, the 135 IS and mm-hmm. the 335 IS. That is still hydraulic steering from BMW. You have not mentioned how big you need this car to be. I would love, I know you would love, Paul, you to just be in something, just two-seat dedicated sports car, Jim. I would love that. Ideally. I'm but, not sure that's what you're yeah. shopping for, yeah. so I'm going to mention them, but I'm also going to try to find things that are 2 plus 2 if I can. So 135 IS, 335 IS, both fantastic hydraulic steering, two different size cars. What do you like? Both are around twenty grand to find them. Mm-hmm. Which is why I like mm-hmm. it. So you're BMW, yeah. and I think you are the, the 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 pieces that you like of the E30 done in a modern style. I have to jump to. I'm tripling the price now. Do drive a 1M. Nicely you done. Mentioned Good it, job. But it's it, that same generation. But the 1M is it's a greatest hits car, and I mean, that's why they are going up in value. Yeah. I hate that they are 60 to 70 because they're getting farther away from a car I would ever own. But it is a car that I would own. And I, I as a guy that likes little tiny things, I still lust after that 1M. Oh, It's a fantastic car to drive. Yeah. And, and when we drove, when we did our Icon film of all the generations of the M3 and off, its offshoots as well, we drove the M2 and the 1M side-by-side, back-to-back. The M2 is awesome. The 1M I like a whole category better personally. Can you imagine a Gunterized 1M? 
A, a, yeah, okay. A Gunter Works 1M. Yeah, the, the Singer 1M. I get, I get where you're cool. going. Yeah, craziness. Cool. So somebody's going to do that. Give it 20 years. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, but definitely drive a 1M because if you can afford that, I think that is your closest analog in the modern time of you going E30. But then I went other places real quick. Okay. If you want to go bigger, drive the Alfa Romeo Giulia. Now you're talking electric steering. It's it's drive-by-wire braking. We're getting into very modern stuff, but drive that car. I don't know if that's too big, but drive that car in some form. Well-priced. I think it's very yeah. interesting for you to drive. Uh, to give you an opportunity for Mazda to not be the issue, you need to drive the Miata. Think so? Your issue with Do Mazda, think- I don't think is Mazda. I think it's front-wheel drive. The, this is yeah. the iconic classic rear-wheel drive uh, convertible sports car. It, mm-hmm. it, it is the icon of that segment. Please go drive a Miata. Pick a generation and drive it. I think you'll surprise yourself with that car. I, I liked where you were on the uh, Cayman R. I think the the Porsche uh, Speedster, not uh, sorry, the Boxster um, Spider. Spider is, is up there. Yeah, uh, and then those are If we're gonna though. stay, wow. if we're gonna stay German, I have to say this as well. Nine nine seven. This is o five to twenty twelve nine eleven. Smaller than the current 911s, last two generations. They are. They still are. has hydraulic steering. It is, I feel like, that is the pivot point in 911s from the old ones and the new ones. I know we can talk air-cooled, water-cooled. I know that. But I'm saying, I think, watch our, we keep talking about these films we've done. Watch our <laughs> 50 years of 911. They exist for a reason. They exist watch for our 50 years of 9-11. The, uh, even though, yes, there is a difference, air-cooled, water-cooled. I think personally there is a bigger shift in organic feel that happens from 997 to 991 when it gets bigger and it goes electric steering and these kind of things. I mean, it's an entirely different platform. I think driver yes. feel changes there. Sure. So I think sure. shop that 997. Jim, cackling. It's key. It's key. <laughs> All right. We've got questions. So many good ones. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Elephant in the Room from Oklaso Tagal. I apologize if I mispronounce that on Instagram. We have watched Fernando not qualify for the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, he's asking, does Zach Brown survive at McLaren after the disappointing month of May? Mm-hmm. Zach Brown is the CEO of McLaren Racing and the owner of United Autosports, by the way. Yeah. I, uh, quite possibly. Because this was Fernando's kind of, hey, I'm, I'm really going to go for the Triple I'm Crown doing again. This now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. really going to do it. He didn't even qualify, and I forget yeah. the name of the team that was the last place qualifier that just barely squeaked by Fernando, and they are the lowest funded and mm-hmm. scrappiest yeah. kind of startup little team, and the they qualified. That I cannot liken it to to Fernando's driving. The guy is amazing. He's clearly been given a car. He, he's I, just he's a yikes. He's a guy with skill, given the improper tools to do his job. I kind of feel that way too. Even though McLaren, he had the Honda engine in 2018, and he's yeah. got the he had the Chevy engine powering this McLaren now. Yeah. But I'm going wow. It watching the qualifying actually made all of this very much more personal because mm. the cameras just got more in people's faces, and there were more up in the qualifying, and it just seemed like wow, this is actually a really hard thing. It's well, not just zoom we're yeah. around the track and look yeah. how fast I went in 230 and yay. It's very, very difficult. I think it's clear that heads are probably going to roll at McLaren. Is it going to be Zach Brown? I don't know, but I think heads are going to roll for sure, yeah. I mean, great lineup of road cars. Their racing teams, not doing so hot. Which is, uh, honestly, rewind 20 years and it's the exact opposite <laughs> right. equation. right. Yeah, we make great race cars, and oh, we we dabble in road cars, but not really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Chloe the is on Instagram said real quick on the Utah meetup, what's better, drive eight or nine hours to the meetup so he can drive his own car 
on all of the events or rent some sort of sporty car from local rental agencies or Turo. I think the dividing line on this is do you want to be on the track? We have a track day yep. that is yep. really an incredibly fun track day. It's the outer circuit of the big it's, – it's both halves of our local racetrack, which is like a three-and-a-half, four-mile circuit. It's fantastic. You aren't going to be tracking your Turo. You're just not, okay? Probably uh, the best idea. Most likely you won't. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'd track your Enterprise car, but that's also a risk. So I think yeah. the big question is, do you want to be on track? If you don't want to be on track at all, then yeah, come into town, rent something. People did it last year, had a blast. People came in from all over the country, had good Turo rental cars, didn't get on track, had a great time. You can. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine hours, I feel like that. I mean, you're not, I wouldn't want somebody to drive in and do an overnight unless you really want a road trip. But eight, nine hours, you can do it in a day. Bring your own car. Then you know your own car. You can have that experience. I, I see the merit, the, the merit in it for sure. The legend continues, skewers me a bit here with the question, if the state at AIM is looking for different experiences, how do I rationalize a 928 or a Porsche 914 for a next car? Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I, I, it's back to us, back to us I, writing laws, I can't. Paul. We're writing laws here, yeah. <laughs> However... Two things, two points to make uh-huh, here. Please. We have also said that if you're not done with a car, it's okay to continue and get another one. If it yeah. is lost in an accident or a forced sale for whatever reason or it just exits your life and you're not yeah. done with it, okay. that's okay. Yeah. Can, oh, okay. can we can we mulligan ourselves <laughs> under that rule? All right. Second point is we've driven. You and I have driven so many cars. I, I've said it before. I wish I had the list. I wished I – it was it, – I wish I were diligent enough to keep track of the list of cars of since, everything. We, since we yeah. launched the show, not mm-hmm. just in my life, but just since we I, launched I the show, yeah, yeah, I get it. I everything get it. Yeah. you and I have driven, I would love to look back. But we've driven so many cars, and despite enjoying particular cars and merits of cars, and then our also stated goal of translating that to all of you watching Hopefully, videos yeah. Yeah, yeah. and watching the films... We want you to feel what we're feeling. That doesn't necessarily mean we want to own, own them. We might want to own them for a week or a month or sure, a sure, little sure, bit yeah. of time. But yeah, for yeah. my next car, we've we've driven all these cars. And so we do know we come back to the, the driving experiences that we know and love. Mm-hmm. You've driven an Evora plenty. Yeah. Why yeah, do you yeah. still want one? Fair. Fair, fair. Yeah. Why do you want a 1M? Why yeah. do you want, you know, why, why do I want yeah. a 920? You know what I'm saying? There are, car, there are cars Again, that make a big enough impression that we want to come around and, and, and live yeah. with that car. I, I see where I you're I mean, we've driven it, yeah. but then I, I want more of that. Yeah, for sure. How much more? We for can't sure. own all of them. I mean, love to, but, you know. <laughs> own all of the cars. Money. But, yeah. yeah I, and storage space. So those are my, my two mulligan comments, but otherwise, no, I, I can't. I just want. That's very funny. Uh, two related questions on Instagram. I'm going to mention both questions. I'm going to try to talk to both of them. First is Skidmark's 2051, and the other one is Super Mario. Skidmark's 2051, should I feel bad about putting miles on my Focus RS? I sometimes switch between the mentality of I bought it to drive it and I don't want to put too many miles on it. That's Skidmark's question. The other question is Super Mario. Are you guys friends? How do I convince my (laughs) friend to drive his enthusiast car? He's concerned about putting miles on it. I'm wondering if you two know each other, but even if you don't, you're speaking directly to something that exists across all enthusiasts. And I want to say something really quickly. There's a mindset thing here. You have to decide right away, am I buying a car as an investment probably a bad choice or am I buying a car to drive it mm-hmm. yes we're seeing the Supras and the Grand Nationals and the crazy cars that that they are now worth ridiculous money but the, the, the trend yeah. on all of those is little to no miles 
And that's somebody that is buying and mothballing and hoping for the best. And if you want to do that, look, I, I think that's a tragedy. I think it's a tragedy to buy something that's meant to be driven and never drive it because you hope somebody else later, let's be honest, is going to buy it and also not drive it. Saving it for the next guy. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think that buying a car and not driving it because you want to preserve its value is really a great financial choice. I also think there there's not there's not a good middle ground here. There's not a I drove it some and so it's worth a lot more. Mm-hmm. I drove it not at all and it's worth money <laughs> or I drove it all the time and I'm just I'm using it because that's why I bought it. I'm going to say to both of you you buy an enthusiast car, drive it unless it is one of I'm going to I'm going to here I'm going to make a rule that's not going to that's going to bite me in the, in the butt anyway, but if there if, were there less than 100 made, worry about it. I might even say less than a thousand made. I mean, and worry if you about own it. a car like that, congratulations. Yes, for sure. Holy for moly. sure. Now maybe worry about your miles, okay? But the, you know what? The McLaren F1, they're going up in value now and they're being driven like crazy because there's so few of them that doesn't matter anymore. Mm. But uh, that's a side note. But my Sheesh. point is, if, if, there were, if there were less than a thousand made, maybe we can have this conversation. You bought a Focus RS, they made plenty. Is there yeah. somebody the, the guy yeah. that's going to make money on the Focus RS is the guy that bought one, didn't take the plastic off the seats, it's sitting in a warehouse, and thirty years from now he's going to pull it out and make money on it. The rest of you and, are just going to drive them, right? And the and, seals are dust, by the way. They well, are, his head gasket's going to go if you ever turn on the car. Don't breathe on the totally. door panel. If you bought a car that, let's be honest, all the rest of the enthusiast cars of the world are mass produced by comparison, and not driving it is not helping you that much. Please drive it and enjoy it for what it's for. Question from Asian Ed on Instagram, tying into a Twitter question from Tom Zambino. First of all, Asian Ed's question, now that we have the Supra, what other iconic sports badges, sports car badges, do we want resurrected? Mm. Are you talking cars itself? Because I have a couple cars itself, but then the badge itself, like the oh, entire I I company. See. I would love it if Toyota brought back the MR2, because that would round out the triple crown of sports yeah. cars from the high end of the Supra, the MR2 could be in the middle as yeah. a mid-engine fun sports car yeah. and still make the 86 at the low end. They talk, keep teasing it, supposedly. MR2. We'll see what happens. That'd be great. That'd be great. Bring that back. All right. In a lease in America, the new, the newest Elise. Yes, agreed. Or a new Esprit. And for those of you thinking, why Esprit? Because we have the Evora. The Evora has rear seats. So the, the Esprit could theoretically mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. slotting between your Elise and a larger, they're not that big, Evora. Well, but the, the Esprit would be the uh, Ferrari uh, mid-engine V8 fighter. It would be a, a $250,000 uh, yeah. car. It would be that. Don't it'd, you it'd, think? It'd, yeah, that's where the Esprit goes. It wouldn't. That would be its comp- competition. It wouldn't be necessarily its price. But the Esprit has always okay, been okay. in that world com- competition-wise. It would be your, I didn't buy a McLaren. I didn't buy a uh, 488, uh, the Pista, whatever it's called now. I bought a Lotus. I didn't buy so an R8. I was R8. thinking Cayman again it's in, in the crosshairs again. No, with, not for the Esprit. The Esprit would be uh, above that. Do you? Yeah, the, even the, above an Avora. The Avora, the Avora is the one you're thinking of. It's it's that it's that Cayman bottom nine eleven competitor. The Elise has always been below that. So I've just looked at the Avora as just larger. Yeah, it's just yeah larger. It comparatively yes, not. But the but, Esprit is their quote unquote supercar. It would be up above. Maybe but, so. But I agree. Let's bring it back. Totally agree. How about a genuine, a genuine affordable Lancia Stratos? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, there's I that you. one floating out there that's, I think, on Motor Trend. They've been mm-hmm. driving it, and it's a one-off, and it's yeah. brilliant and crazy and awesome. And a chopped-up Ferrari, and yeah, blah. they made one. Yeah. But they, it's, there's one of them, and they're yeah. super expensive. How about a genuine FCA? There's got to be a Fiat engine floating around somewhere on the planet <laughs> that we can stuff in a launch a Stratos okay. Okay. and bring that back again as a Cayman competitor. All right, all right. How about that from what, FCA? What about Honda's new S2000? That would the be nice S3, too. Three thousand, whatever it's going to be. Let's let's bring that whatever. back. Yeah, for sure. How about a BMW M1 or one M? Rearrange the letters and numbers however you want. But yeah. either of those cars, bring that back. Yeah. And then finally, a more affordable Z car like the Datsun nameplate, bringing back the two forty to two eighty Z somewhere in there. Aimed right at the eighty six. Yes. Well, yeah. aimed at the Supra too because inline six. Well, but if it was aimed at the eighty six, then you could let the Z car go up market and direct. Well, yeah, the you Supra. could. You could. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the, the Datsun nameplate is aimed at the eighty six. You do 86. a Datsun. Yeah. You do a Datsun so. two forty, so. and that's at the eighty six. And you do the Nissan four hundred Z, and that's aimed at the Supra. Yeah, that could be. That yeah. could work. Yeah. Nissan, hello, anybody? Yeah. Nissan. <laughs> that 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 mic got dropped, and the phone is now <laughs> off the hook and unplugged. Yeah, exactly. That happened. Uh, in fact, speaking of that, uh, Seth asked, asked on Facebook: Is the new Supra? How do we compare it? The new Supra to that older? We really enjoyed it. Z4 M Coupe. We drove. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Supra is stiffer, with better visibility. Good. Those are the the first two things I would say about it. Of course, Good. we have a manual versus automatic discussion. Actually, you know what? Quick side rant. Quick side rant. Uh-oh. There's a, there's a discussion going on right now about uh, shouldn't the super have a dual clutch? Mm. And people have asked us that question. I mean, I, yeah. Look, this this could be another topic Tuesday. I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to go real quickly. Dual clutches are great, but let's be honest. The, the what every dual clutch on the planet is trying to do is drive like a automatic does when you aren't hooning it. That's the thing they struggle with. My Lancer, all the way up through the original Ferraris, mm. the original mm. dual clutches, their struggle is to drive in normal conditions because, of course, they can they, rack off the gear can. shift, they but, can, but to but be as smooth yeah. and easygoing as an automatic. PDKs do. <clears throat> but, Who said but, that? But, but, here's, but here's my point. If the ZF8 speed can rattle off shifts about as fast as a dual clutch, but be better as an automatic in daily, mm-hmm. isn't that a better success? Mm-hmm. This is where I think the ZF8 yeah. speed is great because it can be, it can do all the stuff that we're trying desperately to force a dual clutch to do. Yeah. yeah. But yet they're getting almost as fast as dual clutches when you pull the paddle. Which is awesome. Which is, which is the best of both worlds. If we're talking automatics, I still want a manual. All right, Rescue Pet Motorsports asking, will we ever see a video on the expedition? Yes, I need to go film yes, it again. Mm-hmm. The footage was stolen because I had it all filmed. Yeah. I've got the B-roll ready to go, but the actual interview that mm-hmm. I drove it in was actually um, stolen on part of the, well, on one yeah, of the drives that, that we lost back, yeah. back in the day. So, And then also Tom Z's question on Twitter, do we think because of cost we'll see even more sports car collaboration like mm-hmm. the Fiat Mazda, the Fiat and the... Toyota, Subaru, BMW, Fuji Heavy Industries. Uh, it's all stamped under the sheet metal. What? You just open the hood and it's just all the logos. Just, it's all, it's, you can't even see the top of the engine anymore. It's just logos. How about all the car companies on the planet make a car? Frightening. I'm, I'm horrified. It's yeah. local motors of what that'd be. All right. So he feels like sales are slumping. With slumping sales, that the best way to make more sports cars is to share with another company. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's happening. There's, there's resources. Hence the Stratos. FCA is now yeah. a large company with plants worldwide and suppliers and hello, Fiat yeah. engine yeah, yeah. stuffed into a cool. Let's let the designers go a little crazy and bring the cool Cayman competitor, FCA. 
All right. Well, there's so many more questions. We've got to get to those in, uh, well, probably a, a subsequent episode. Keep because, asking. Uh, you can you can ask yeah, us over please. and over. We love seeing I, questions. I'm going to have to answer sure. the um, the one bucket versus two bucket method. Uh, I'm, I'm being uh, I, I skewered. Am, I am literally backing away from the entire discussion. I couldn't believe that's even happening. Well, here, here's I, the – No, I – yeah. Do, I, I, are my cars clean and do do I like the results? Yes, they and they're fantastic. And they're great, and I you, yes, I'll get there. I do hose the cars off before we even start washing. By oh, the way, man. so I yeah, them off first. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get buried, but uh, that's okay. Thanks for the teasing. Really appreciate you guys listening and watching. Cheers, everyone.